Welcome to the City View Church podcast. We hope you enjoy today's message. Did you know that in 1997, if you would have invested $1,000 in a small company called Amazon, today it would be worth over $2.3 million. Can you imagine if we all would have had an in on that investment? Where we'd all be at today, first off, build your legacy. We'd all be like, hey, I, I can give a million, and I can give a million, and I can give. And that might be cool. But the thing is, right now, as a people, we are all building a less legacy. We are all making an investment into something that will either last or not, that will either change people's futures or not, that will either do something as an impact. That was 1997. And I can tell you, in 1997, I had a youth pastor who invested in me. He poured into me. And he helped me become the person that I am today. His investment of reaching into one young man who came from the life that I came from, his investment in me now reaches many. That's one small investment. One small investment into a senior in high school in 1997. And the investment now is this. So I ask you, as a church, as we, as we continue in this Build Your Legacy initiative, and I know some of you, you're, you're, maybe you're new, maybe this is your first time, you might be thinking, what is this, Jeremiah? I haven't been here in a few weeks. Well, so as a church, we, we've been a church for over six years now. We were in a movie theater for four and a half of those years. COVID shut us down. Then we were online for a half a year. And then we moved into this space. We subleased this space from the school that painted it Napa blue. Um... I did not choose the blue. I would never pick blue and gold. Um, black and gold, maybe, because I'm a Goldwater Bulldog. Um, but I would never pick blue and gold. And so we sublease this space. And as we've been in this space, we've realized there's so much that God can do when we have a space that is something where we can be at all the time. And so we are in the middle of this initiative where we are trying to raise $1 million to buy a building. That's where we're at. We want to raise a million dollars. I don't know how much we're at now. I'll get a final count, I think, at the end of this week. And this is going to be a one-year initiative where people, some people gave a one-time gift. Some people are raising their tithe. My family and I, we did a one-time gift, and then we raised our tithe um, to, to be able to be a part of it. Because we, we feel like we don't want just a church, but we want a place that builds legacies. I want a place that if outside, on the outside of the wall that it says legacies are built here. We're all making investments into something. You're all making investments. All, some of you are heavy into investments, and that's good. But your investments here on earth, I'm going to tell you a secret. They're going to burn. If it's not investing in a life, it's a waste of your time. I'll be completely honest. There's good things that we invest in. But investing in a life that will live for the kingdom, that will live for Jesus, that's an investment that will last for all of eternity. And I can tell you, I'm thankful for my kindergarten teachers when I was a kid who got kicked out of the church for being too wild, too rowdy, too rambunctious in Sunday school classes. That was me. I'm thankful for those teachers who loved me. 
I'm thankful for my, my, my first, second, third, fourth teachers in, in children's ministry who taught me about the love of Jesus. I'm thankful for my junior high teachers who I remember one day I, the, the teaching was on not being um, compromising. And that's the only sermon I remember. I remember, Jeremiah, we cannot live a compromising life. You have to live for what the Lord's called you to. And I'm thankful for my, my youth pastor. I'm thankful for my senior pastor. I'm thankful for all those who have invested in me. Because that's an investment. Where because of them investing in me, they have seen over 150 people baptized at City View Church. That's part of their legacy. My youth pastor, you can clap for that. My youth pastor, Paul Hayes, because he poured into me, he has 150 people that have been baptized, part of his legacy. So I want to ask you today, is what you're investing in worth it? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much. God, I thank you that you have trusted us with a great message of hope of your son Jesus that came to earth, that died on a cross to forgive us of our sins so that we might have life and have it eternal. And Jesus, I ask that you would move in this room today, that you would do something greater than we could ever imagine or think. Lord, I know people came in here thinking it's a regular Sunday. Oh God, you have no regular Sundays. Every single Sunday is a life-changing Sunday. So Jesus, I pray that that when we leave this room, we would leave changed. And if we leave the same, shame on us. Because your Holy Spirit is here. Holy Spirit, I ask that you'd move on each heart in this room. Stir us up. Get us uncomfortable, Lord. Get us uncomfortable. And when we walk out of this room, may we know that we made a choice. Either to live for you or not. Jesus, I ask that you would move in churches all over the valley today that you would do great things, whether people are at CCV, Redemption, Relentless, Cross Church, Calvary Community, here at City View. Lord, bless us in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, amen. So we are continuing this Build Your Legacy. We're looking at this life of Paul and Timothy. And today we're going to be closing this series, looking at Paul's final words to this young man, Timothy. And these words are found in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Paul says to Timothy, you therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. The things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men and women who will be able to teach others also. Paul here, he's coming to the end of his life. And as he writes this letter to Timothy, he gives this final charge. Paul is chained to a guard at this time. So if you can picture a man sitting at a table, probably chained to somebody, chained to the ground, his guards all around him, that's the presence he's in. He's getting ready to die. He dies soon after this letter is written and sent. And he writes so that Timothy might live a life of lasting impact. You see, if we want to be a legacy-building church, and we want to be a legacy-building people. And if we want to be legacy-building parents, Paul is going to share with us what these qualities look like. Paul first says to Timothy, he says in verse 1, You therefore, my son, be strong in grace. 
You know, in, in school, there's different subjects you're strong in. Some people are, are strong in math. I wasn't. Some people were strong in, like, English class where you knew where commas went. That's, if you've ever read anything I've ever said, I, I'm not strong in that. Some people, you were strong in maybe history. I loved history. Was I strong in it? I don't know. I, I mean, I remember it. Some people are strong in PE class. I, man, I got an A in that class every year. PE is great. But we're all strong in different things. Paul says, be strong in grace. Be strong in grace. How many of us, if we got a report card at the end of our life, would it say you got an A in knowing grace and giving grace, a B, a C, or God forbid anything less? What would your grade be? What would you say you're strong in? What, what would you say, if, if, if this was your final words, would this be a challenge to you? Or would you say, you know what, I, I'm, I'm living in grace. You know, I, I was talking to a young man yesterday, and I was just asking him about his life, and he was just sharing with me about different things, and different churches that he's experienced, and why he liked being at City View. He goes, I, what I love about City View is you guys accept me and you love me. That's grace. Because we're all messy, aren't we? We all are a messy people. And Paul, is, as he's sharing with Timothy, and he, these last words, he says, Timothy, be strong in grace that is in Christ Jesus. One, be strong in the grace that you have received. I think many of us, we forget that we have been forgiven. We, have, we, we forget that, that we are a broken people that desperately need grace. And we think we have reached some level of I am someone. And that's a bad place to be. I was talking with a pastor and his wife, me, me and a fellow pastor, where we did the funeral yesterday, memorial yesterday together. And we were just talking about church and people and all this. And, and she said, Jeremiah, you're going to find the people that serve the most are the most broken and full of grace. People that serve the least are usually the most beautiful and think they have it all together the most, which is sad. But in our, in our places, stepping back, being in ministry, he's been in ministry a few years longer than me, and I've been in ministry for since 2000, since 99. So how long is that, 22 years? Thank you. Because remember, math was not my strong suit. 22 years. And him, he's been in ministry probably 25 or longer. He's probably longer than that. And that's what we've seen, is that as Christians, the farther we get from the day our life changed, the farther we get from needing grace. But what it should be is the farther we get from the day where we give our lives to the Lord, the more we realize we need grace. Because our sin should be re being revealed every day how much we're so broken. Every time we, we see somebody in life, every time we see somebody make a mistake, we should be like, man, that's me too. Every time we see somebody mess up, every time we see somebody lie, we should say, yeah, that's me too. I, I struggle too. But some of us, our struggle is that we've learned to fight it. We've learned to stand strong in it. But we struggle with it. And we realize this need of grace. And so Paul says to Timothy, be strong in grace. And then he says, Timothy, the things which you have heard from me, that's everything he's, been, he's learned about salvation, everything he's learned about hope, everything he's learned about forgiveness, everything he's learned about Jesus. That's what he's talking about. The things which you've heard from me in the presence of many witnesses, entrust these to faithful men. 
entrust, commit, deposit, invest, give to. When I think of the word entrust these to faithful men, I think of a king when he calls his knight and he's getting ready to entrust him to do something for him. And I think of that moment that king has that, that knight kneeling down before him and, and, and he takes his sword and he knights that man and he entrusts him. He, 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 he trusts him to do what he's called to do. And I wonder how many of us, God is saying, I want to trust you to live the life that God has called you to. Entrust these to faithful men. Paul, as he's he's sharing to Timothy, he says, Timothy, we don't have much time. This hope, this grace that you have received, I want what you've been entrusted with, now you entrust to others. I look at the days now that we live in, and I'm thinking we're running out of faithful Christians. We have a lot of comfortable Christians. We have a lot of Christians who are going to do great and when they, you know, the, the things that would be said about them at funerals is, they were a good guy. They were nice. Is that it? Is that all that we want to be remembered for? I, I can't tell you how many funerals I've done. Where when I have people share and, and people stand up and they say things and I was at one funeral and they, they, the guy they talked about, they go, man, that guy could drink. He was the best partier I've ever been around. I'm like, that's what you want to be remembered for? That, that was that young man's life? That, that, was, that was his history and that, that was his legacy, that he was the best partier they knew, that he could drink anybody to, to school, that he, he could do, he was the best at it. That, that's what I heard every single friend share. Along with like when they played the song to remember, I mean, I've never heard a cuss word at a funeral until that one. And then all of a sudden they're playing a sublime song and I'm like, it's got to be the radio version, right? <laughs> no, it wasn't. And then I'm at Linda's funeral yesterday. A faithful prayer warrior. And nobody talked about wasteful things she did, but they talked about the life that she, how she, her life impacted them. Like Josh said, I always knew. She, everybody, I can't tell you how many people said, I always knew that if I ever needed her, she would drop everything for me. I always knew that she was praying for me. I, I had Linda's prayer journal, and in her prayer journal, she prayed for everything from people to come to know the Lord, people's marriages to be saved, people's lives to be saved, people to be healed, um, people that have a platform like Justin Bieber, that they would use their platform. For, I'm dead serious. She prayed for Justin Bieber. She's a 60-something-year-old woman that prayed that he would use his platform for God's glory. She prayed for, for Kanye West, that he would use his platform. She prayed for Kim Kardashian, that she would come to know the Lord. This lady was a prayer warrior. She prayed for presidents. She prayed for nations. She prayed for countries. Her investment in the kingdom of God, we will see ripple effects from what she did for all of eternity. And God is saying to each every one of you knew, I, each and every one of you in here, I entrust you with this message of hope. What will you do with it? Imagine a knight that was knighted and the king was, was there and he's like, I trust you. And he walks away and no heart changed. Paul then goes into talking to Timothy what this legacy building life looks like. 
And for each and every one of us in here, I want us to think about this life. And I want us to think, am I willing and am I ready to step into this life? Am I ready to be a legacy builder? Am I ready to, be a, am I ready to live a life that's going to change for all of eternity, that's going to impact people for the greater good? Paul says this to Timothy. He says, Timothy, after he says, entrust this to faithful men, he says, Timothy, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. A legacy building life, it's not easy. I'm gonna tell you, it's not easy. Living the Christian life. Now some of you, I know you're in this room, and you're not a believer. I'm gonna tell you right off, it's the most rewarding life you ever live, but it's the hardest life you ever live. It's so worth every second of it, but there are days that are really hard. And Paul tells Timothy, he says, Timothy, it's not easy. He says, suffer hardship. He doesn't say, hey, have a good time being a good soldier. He says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. As believers, if we are not willing to go through hardship, then we will never accomplish very much for Jesus. If we're, unwe- if we're unwilling to get uncomfortable, then you know what? We'll n- we'll not really, we're, you're not going to make an impact. And some of us, that's us. You're unwilling to get uncomfortable, so your impact is going to be so minimal, and that's so sad. I can't tell you how many times I'm like, God, just help people understand how much you want to do through them. A friend of mine asked me, Jeremiah, if, you could, if one thing could happen with the snap of your finger and it would change, what would you want? I said that people would live on mission for the Lord. That people would actually live on mission, that they would live their life for Jesus. And he said, then you'd lose your job. I said, who cares? Who cares? At that point, I get to do so much more. Can you imagine a church of people if we were focused on one mission, living for Jesus? He says, suffer hardship as a good soldier. Hardships will come but we are called to be good soldiers. And here's what um, Spurgeon says about a good soldier. Paul does not exhort Timothy to be a common or ordinary soldier, but to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. For all soldiers are true, and all true soldiers may not be good soldiers. There are men and women who are but just that, soldiers and nothing more. They only need sufficient temptation, and they will readily become cowards, idle, and useless and worthless. But a good soldier is one who is the bravest of the brave, courageous at all times, who is zealous and does their duty with heart and earnestness. Paul says, entrust these to faithful men. Paul says, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier. A good soldier meaning you're willing to be focused on what is before you. And Paul then goes on to the next thing, 2 Timothy 2.4. He says, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he or she may please the one who has enlisted him as a soldier. So a legacy building life life first is not easy. Second, it must be focused. 
It must be focused. So many of us are living such a distracted life. And our world is full of distractions, isn't it? We are distracted every single day. Our phones are a distraction. Our work is a distraction. The people around us distract. Our kids distract. How many of you have ever not done what you set out to do because your kids are like, mom, 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 dad, 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 dad? Anybody ever? Maybe, you're, you're, maybe you, have, you're, you have brothers or sisters, and they, like, they keep asking you and asking you and asking you, doing your roommates. And they're like, hey, hey, hey. And all of a sudden, you came in to do something, and you're like, what did I just come in here to do? They're like, I don't know. Well, you totally distracted me from what I was going to do. And then, anybody ever been there? Distractions are everywhere. It's just part of life. Paul says, but a soldier in active service doesn't entangle themselves. They're focused. They're, they, they don't get caught up. And in, 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 they don't get this idea of, of entangles. is that idea of, of, a, of a weaver weaving a, um, threads together and making this fabric. And it says, don't get caught up. Don't get wrapped up. Don't get involved in, in things that are wasting your time. What must we avoid so that we can stay focused? You see, this world is trying so hard to distract, and little by little, it distracts us. It distracts us with social media. It distracts us with standing up for certain things. In the end, that Jesus is saying, but can you just stand up for me? Do not entangle yourself. You see, what this world is trying to do, little by little, have you ever heard that illustration about a frog? When you put a frog into cool water, the frog sit there, and you start heating it up over, over time, and little by little, the frogs just get comfortable with that water because their bodies level out with that temperature until one day they die. But they don't realize they're being heated up. You see, that's what our world is doing, little by little, causing us to fight about little things that don't matter. Little by little distracting us with all these things. And, and God here, as, he, as, as Paul is speaking to Timothy, it's the same things going on in Timothy's culture, except he doesn't have a phone distracting him. He doesn't have all the things going on. His distractions look different. And Paul tells Timothy, do not entangle yourself. A friend of mine, Tom, we were going to a, I think it was a son's game or something. And we were talking about, he was a, he, he's a Marine, and I think he served for nine or ten years. And he was telling me one day as he was being a good soldier, because he was actually a good soldier, he told me one day he was talking to his commanding officer, and he was, he was asking him about life, and he said, do you love what you do? And he said, I love it. Because Tom, in his mind, he was going to be a lifelong soldier, so he was going to do, retire that way. And he said, do you have kids? He goes, oh, I have a lot of kids. Do you have a wife? Uh, no, I have one. I'm on, I just finished with my third, and I don't know if I'll get married again, but I have kids with like all these other women. And Tom then, uh, as he's talking to this guy, he realized, I don't want that to be my life. Now, Tom's not, a, he wasn't at this time, was not a believer in Jesus. He was just trying to be a good person. And so he realized, you know what, I want to I be a dad that, that cares about kids. I want to be a husband that loves his wife. I want to be a man that at the end of my life, all the people around me, around my, my, my bed as I'm dying, I don't want them to be my marine buddies. I want them to be my family. And he made a choice going, I want to leave a legacy. And he had no idea that Jesus was doing a work in his life. 
And so as this man who easily could have been entangled in the military life of, of all the things he had, as a man who was trying to be a good soldier, realized there was so much more to life, and then he, he said, you know what, it's time for me to be done. So he, he stopped. And he, he started a family with his wife, and then this year, he and his entire family gave their lives to the Lord. This year, he took that step and he got baptized. This year, his wife took that step and got baptized. And he is living this life saying, I'm not going to entangle my life with the things of this world. I'm going to try to stay focused. And this, I can't tell you, I can't, there are times where I can't even get him to leave here. He was the one mowing the lawn. He's here every morning. His family, they're faithful. He's just that radical life that got changed because when God wrecks you and when you get entrusted to serve the Lord, God does something to you. But how many of us has it cooled and we've entangled ourselves with the things of this world and now we're distracted? We have all these priorities, but nothing is important anymore. Dang. That hits. All these priorities. Let me rewrite that down. I want to say that next service. We have all these priorities, but nothing is important anymore. Paul says, Timothy, don't entangle yourself. He says, entrust these things to faithful men, and I'm going to say faithful women too, because we live in a time where we need faithful men and women to live lives that are leaving legacies, live lives where God is saying it's not going to be easy. A legacy-building life is not easy. A legacy-building life needs to be focused. And then Paul says this, 2 Timothy 2.5, also if anyone competes as an athlete, he does, not, he does not win the prize unless he complete, competes according to the rules. A legacy-building life is not easy. It's focused. And a legacy-building life is looking to the finish line. Paul here, he's talking about athletes. He actually uses this, this idea of an athlete all throughout many of his letters. But in this specific passage here, he's speaking about the original Olympic Games, the Greek Games. To compete in those games, there were three main rules. The first rule was this. You had to be a true-born Greek. You had to be a Greek. If you wanted to compete in the Greek games, you had to be a true-born Greek. The second rule was this. You had to prepare at least 10 months before the game, and you had to swear to it. You had to swear to the gods that you have been preparing for at least 10 months. You couldn't come in on your sheer ability and say, you know what, yeah, I'm, I'm really good at this. I've got this. And some of us, that's sort of how we walk this Christian life. We're like, you know, I was sort of born in a Christian family, my parents, and I'm sort of good at what I do, so I'm just going to live this life. You ever see those people that just sort of try to scoot, scoot through life on their sheer abilities alone? You see, to compete in the, the Olympic Games, it was not on your abilities alone. You had to prepare at least 10 months, and you had to swear to Zeus. And the third thing was, you had to compete according to the rules. You had to compete according to the rules. You see, in our Christian life, there are guidelines, there are, there are rules, there are, there are ways to live life, and, and many of us, we have sort of made exceptions. Well, I can still live this way, or I can still do this. God will give me grace. And we sort of have come up uh, with these sort of exceptions for ourselves. Well, God understands me. God knows my heart. And we've made these excuses, and, and Paul, as he says this to Christians, to Timothy, and to the people he's going to trust, he says, 
there's rules and there's guidelines to be able to win the prize. At the end of our Christian life, I, I remember hearing a professor, a guy named Fred Shea, um, Dr. Fred Shea was, was speaking about the, the rewards that Christians will get in heaven, how we each will get crowns, like literal crowns. We will be given awards. Jesus will give us prizes at the end of our life, not just because you live. He's not gonna say, hey, good job, here's a ribbon, here's a reward, here's a prize, good job, because you at least did something. No, 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 no. It's gonna be for how you live. And some of us, at the end of your life, it says in Corinthians that you will come in as if by the skin of your teeth. And that's all you will have. Wouldn't that be sad? But some, that we will come before the throne of God and we'll have these crowns of righteousness, the Bible says. It says in James, we have crowns of righteousness. And it says then in Revelation that we will take those crowns and we will throw them before the throne. And I wonder how many of us will have nothing to throw. I'm not trying to guilt trip. If, if I wanted, like my kids, I want them to compete and I want them to win. I want them to have a great time playing sports. So guess what I'm going to do? After games, I'm going to coach them up. I'm going to help them understand, hey, here's what you did. Here's what you could do better. If I didn't do it, I'm like, hey, you did a great job, son. Have fun. Go play football. But I don't tell him what he did wrong. What kind of dad would I be? Would, would I be a good dad if I didn't help him get better? Is that even correct English? Don't correct me if I'm wrong. But the thing is, I want my kids to do the best they possibly can. Even in their grades. Man, my kids are in school, and so we get grades every week for certain of my kids. And every week I hound some of my kids. And I, I hate, we hate it. Do I do it because I love to pound on my kids? Or do I do it because I want them to succeed? Will let my love for them change? Oh no, I love my kids no matter what. Whether they fail or whether they get A's, it doesn't matter. Do I love my kids more if they get more touchdowns or not? I don't care how many touchdowns they get. Do I love my kids because they're my kids? 100%. But do I want to see my kids excel? Yes. And God hears as he writes through Paul, he says, you've got to compete according to the rules as you live this life. There are guidelines, and the Bible tells us how to live this life so that we might live the best life possible here on earth. The Bible isn't there to beat us up. It's to lift us up and send us out so that we might be the men and women that God has called us to be. And as Paul finishes with Timothy, he says these last things to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 6. He says, the hardworking farmer ought to be first to receive his share of the crops. So Paul, he shares about this, this legacy, to have a legacy-building life. What does it look like? He says, first, it's not going to be easy. He says, suffer hardship as a good soldier. It's not going to be easy. He says, stay focused, stay focused in your life as a believer. No soldier in active duty entangles themselves. Don't get entangled in this world. And then as he writes, he says, but compete according to the rules, looking to the finish line. And the final thing, a, a legacy building life is a fruitful life. It's a fruitful life. And he talks about this life of a farmer, the farmer, this legacy-building farmer. First, he says, 
as a farmer, these are three things I want us to remember about a farmer. One, as you live this legacy building life, you must be patient. Be patient with yourself and be patient with others. You must be patient. A legacy building farmer, this person who wants to, as, as Paul shares, he says, the hardworking farmer ought first to receive, but there's so much that goes into receiving the crops. You must be faithful in the mundane. Are there not days where you look, and maybe you're a Christian, maybe you're a parent, and you look at your kid's life, and you're like, is anything I'm doing making an impact? I wonder how many of my teachers, whether it was in school or in, in, at church, I wonder how many of them thought, is anything I'm doing clicking with Jeremiah? I just can't get that kid to get anything better than a C. I wonder how many of them thought that. I wonder how many of them thought, he's such a nice kid. I can't tell you how many times I heard this at like parent-teacher conference. Jeremiah's such a nice kid, but he just can't focus. Yeah, I still struggle with it. But you see, a hardworking farmer you have to be faithful in the mundane, the day-to-day, the days where you've planted the seeds and you see nothing growing. You may be praying for a friend or a family. You may be in school, doing your schoolwork, going, when am I ever going to get to what I'm going to school for? Be faithful in the mundane. You may be serving. You say hi every day at that door, and you wonder, God, is anybody's life ever going to be changed? Be faithful in the mundane. You may be waiting on the Lord going, God, when are you ever going to bring me my spouse? Be faithful in the mundane. You, you may be just wondering, God, when am I ever going to have that job? I need that job. I, I, don't, I, I mean, I'm thankful for the job I have, but God, be, when are you going to do it? Be faithful in the mundane. And the final thing he says that we learn from a farmer's, you must look to the future. Because what's that farmer knowing is going to happen? He knows a crop is coming. He knows something great is coming. He knows that what he's planted will come. He knows that what he's invested in the ground will someday become a great harvest. So I ask you now, as a legacy builder, what are you investing in? This is the life that God is calling each and every one of us to. As God says, I, he says to Timothy, entrust these to faithful men and women. Entrust these. God has entrusted you with the message of hope for the world. God has entrusted you to be a legacy builder, to live a lasting impact. And I ask you, what are you doing with it? What are you doing with it? Do you want to be a legacy builder? Or at the end of your life, you will be remembered for being a nice person. At the end of your life, you will be remembered for being a, I don't even know, I can think of a litany of things that are just sort of pointless memories. Or do you want to be remembered as a person that lived a life radically for the Lord, that invested in his kingdom? You see, as we are in the middle of this build your legacy, trying to build a place where God's name can be glorified. And I know, and I know that can be done here. 
and it is being done here. But I believe God wants to do more. And I believe God wants to use you to do that. And so I want to give each and every one of you an opportunity. You, you, there are these in front of the pews in front of you. And I know many of you, you've already committed. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you for investing in something that will change lives forever. Thank you for investing in those five people who got baptized last week. Thank you for investing in Park Meadows Elementary School and totally doing a renovation on their, 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 their teachers' rooms. Man, some of you teachers, when you see what we did to their lounge, you're going to be jealous. I'm just going to tell you, because, because of your investment, you know, we are in the middle of this investment, and, and I'll tell you that when the initial price came to me of, Jeremiah, can we do this much into investing in the teachers' rooms? And I thought, that's a lot of money. And we're in the middle of trying to buy a building. But then I thought, God, what kind of church would we be if we only put our money into a dumb building? And we didn't continue to invest in people, invest in outreach. And then I thought, of course, why wouldn't we do that? But I want to thank you for investing in something that's worth it. For investing in people's lives. For investing in those families who have come to know Jesus. I want to thank you. And for those of you who have not, who don't make it a regular commitment, who have not been a part, I want to invite you now to grab one of these cards, pray, and fill it out. As Mark shared in that video, you, keep, you give us the left side, the right side, and you keep the left, and you pray. My final challenge, and I'll be honest, my wife and I, after last Sunday's sermon, I watched so many people walk out, and I felt leave without change. God has been just doing work in my wife and I. I mean, we're solid, marriage is solid, but leveling up in our Christian life? Just what are we doing? How are we making an impact? And what kind of life are we living? And I don't come up here and just put sermons together and I, I never wing it. What I share, God has wrecked in me. And I, when I read, God, God entrust these to faithful men, I go, God, you've You've entrusted a lot to me. I mean, a church that I love to pastor. Because my heart really is that each one of you would live a thriving life. Our vision is that you would live a thriving life and that you would leave legacies. That's my vision for your life. So many of you are just striving every day. You're striving in life, striving as a student, striving as a person, striving as a parent, striving as a child. But God says, I want you to live an abundant, thriving life. That's my vision for you. And that you would leave a legacy. That's my heart. But that kind of life is not going to be easy. So I'm going to ask you now, if that's you, if God is saying to you right now, as if I were to knight you, Jared said, Jeremiah, don't make it weird and awkward and be all like, whatever, I get it. I don't want to be that cheesy pastor. 
because there's a lot of them out there. They're nice guys, but they carry a lot of cheese. But if God is saying to you right now, I entrust you. I entrust you. And you know God is calling you to live that uncomfortable, not easy, focused, looking to the finish line, according to the rules, fruitful life. I want you to stand. I want you to stand right now. If you know God is calling you to level up your life because you know that the legacy you want to leave, that you need to start doing things different, thank you for standing. If you know God is calling you to live different right now, you know that's you. You're sitting here going, okay, God, I need, you've entrusted me with the message of hope, and I'm wasting it right now. I'm not living to the full potential. Stand. Heavenly Father, I pray for each person in this room that is standing now. Jesus, you have entrusted them with your message of hope for the world. Lord, you have men and women, you have moms and dads, grandmas and grandpas, aunts and uncles, teachers, construction workers, students. Jesus, you have people that could change the world in this room. Grab these lives now. Lord, you've entrusted them with your message of hope. And Jesus, I ask that you would, that your Holy Spirit power would live through them.
rush to play it. It's, it's by a band named Ren Collective. And the song is titled, Build Your Kingdom Here. In the end, if the legacy we leave is all about us, then that was a waste of a life. But if the legacy we leave is all about Jesus, then that is the best way to live a life. So this song is all about God, build your kingdom here. And so I want you, if, if you filled out one of these cards, go ahead and bring it forward. And if you want to be that legacy builder kind of life, then I ask that you would make this song your prayer and your focus, that we might leave legacies for Jesus. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to click the follow button and tune in next week for another great message.